Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. It's April 13th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First, the clock is ticking on America's southern border, and that's because one month from today, A very important immigration policy is set to expire, and it will almost certainly cause a major uptick in illegal migrants. I'll share those details with you shortly. Second, we got some modestly good economic news yesterday on inflation. I'll break it down for you. Third, we shift gears from domestic to international affairs with a very sobering update out of Ukraine. Folks, there is no prospect of peace for the rest of this year. That is according to leaked classified material from what appears to be a U.S. service member who began sharing those documents over a year ago. I've got details on that from breaking news that came out just late last night. Fourth, grab your spacesuit, folks, because we are heading back to the moon this morning for an update on the space race between the U.S. and China. Beijing announced just days ago that they have a new timeline for their mining operations on the moon's surface. Later, we close out the podcast with a question from Marcy in New Mexico, who noticed that I don't talk a lot about social issues here on The Right Report, and she would like to know why. So, I'll tell her, and you too. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. One month from today, we will have a big change on America's southern border, and that's because a critical tool on the fight of illegal migration, well, it's going to expire, and it's called Title 42. And what happens after that policy goes away is of major consequence because hundreds of thousands of illegals are probably going to rush the border because it's gone. So let's dive into that policy, starting first with the reason for why we need it. The United States, folks, has seen a record amount of illegal migration over the southern border over the past couple of years. In fact, over 2.7 million encounters last year, uh, 1.7 million the year before, both records. So those numbers, folks, don't include gotaways, or those are the illegals who snuck across the border without being captured. That actually adds another 600,000 individuals just last year, uh, at least according to Customs and Border Protection data. So it's fair to say that we have a record-breaking crisis, and that is why it is often said that America has a, an open border down south. But we should probably ask, what happens uh, to all those illegals who were captured, the, uh, the 2.7 million last year? Well, actually, one of two things, generally. According to data from Pew Research, about 68% of those 2.7 million encounters were taken into U.S. custody and often released directly into the country. The other 32% were immediately expelled back into Mexico. And that 32%, well, they were expelled under something called Title 42 authorities. 
Now, that is a law that was first used by the Trump administration during the early stages of the COVID pandemic because it allowed federal authorities to stop migrants from entering the country if they determined that doing so would likely help us prevent the spread of contagious diseases like COVID. But Biden's team just recently ended the COVID emergency declaration, so the justification to use the Title 42 law has come to an end as well. And here's the deal. Illegal migrants know that the policy is expiring, effective May 11th. So many of them are waiting in Mexico this morning for the clock to tick down to midnight when Title 42 officially comes to an end. And that's because they stand a much better chance of getting in and staying in without it. And the number waiting to come over the border, by the way, all those folks down in Mexico, that is not a small number, right? Estimates range on this, but the Wall Street Journal reported that Mexican shelters are housing north of 450,000 people. So we're likely talking, folks, about hundreds of thousands of illegal migrants in Mexico who will likely rush the border within the first few hours and days after Title 42 expires. And that's why border officials plus mayors and border state governors are calling this likely rush of the border a pending nightmare. Okay, so what should we do about this? Well, Biden officials have adopted a new policy that actually was one used by former President Donald Trump and his administration. Basically, this rule says that these illegals cannot apply for asylum to stay in this country if they don't follow certain procedures, like scheduling an immigration appointment at a border station. They can also be denied if they failed to stop in the first safe country that they passed through on their way to the United States. In other words, if you're coming from, say, Honduras or El Salvador, you must stop in either Guatemala or Belize first and apply for asylum there. Which, when you think about it, kind of makes sense. Because if you're fleeing for your life and you're looking for asylum, you stop in the first safe country you can manage to get to. But there is a problem with what seems like to be a pretty sensible solution. The Los Angeles Times reported yesterday that Biden's team has yet to finalize that policy. And immigration activists, it appears, will immediately sue to stop it once it's finalized because they claim that the whole policy is a violation of illegals' human rights. So folks, if that policy goes down in the courts, there's not much left to slow what will likely be a pretty massive influx of illegal migrants. So to be fair, the Department of Homeland Security is saying this morning that actually they do have a plan in place to deal with any surge and don't worry about it. They have other tools at their disposal. Unfortunately, not a lot of details have been released about that plan. I should note this as well. If we do have a sudden crush of hundreds of thousands of illegals, it is going to be a very expensive thing for this country. Case in point, New York City. According to the New York Post, the 30,000 illegals already in that city are costing taxpayers $5 million a day to take care of them. The city, by the way, expects that that tab is going to hit $4 billion over the next two years. So those are the facts and data this morning as we stare down the ticking clock of Title 42's expiration. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. And I share this with you as a man who has worked around the world for the CIA, right? The number one job of any government that I have ever worked with is to ensure law and order. And that includes on its borders. And if you don't have that, folks, you have 
chaos and death and ultimately anarchy. And I will tell you that I saw that many times in especially Africa, but other places as well. And that left a very big impression on me. And so when I hear the phrase that uh, no one is above the law, well, that means something to me. Right? Everybody has to play by the rules. And if not, you got to have swift justice. Because otherwise, ultimately, you don't have a country. But what we're seeing now on America's southern border is that actually there is someone who's above the law. Millions of people, actually. Illegal migrants are above the law. And what we're also seeing is that these folks are being incentivized to break the law, to be above the law. Right? So consider this. According to the Center for Immigration Studies, there are at least seven sanctuary states in the U.S. And that means that by state law, the state employees like sheriffs or uh, state patrol officials, they are prohibited from using official funds or resources to assist any federal immigration authorities in the enforcement of immigration laws. In addition to those 11 sanctuary states, which, by the way, include New York, California and Colorado and others, there are hundreds of sanctuary cities and counties. So just one example, the city of Chicago. The new mayor there is promising illegal migrants not only sanctuary, but employment, free housing, free medical care, free legal services, and free education for their children. Now that education, by the way, includes things like, quote, fully funded ethnic studies, where students will learn of their home country's histories and cultures, in addition to English. End quote. And folks, I'll tell you, there are lots of examples like this from all around America where these places, well, regardless of intent, they're incentivizing illegality of breaking the law because they're redefining our immigration policies to, well, if you can get here, you can stay here and you can stay here on our dime. So I'll defer to you on whether that is good or bad or maybe a mix of both. But as a man who has seen what it is like when the rule of law collapses abroad, it gives me great alarm to watch as some parts of our country have decided that, yes, illegal migrants are above the law, while the rest of us, we are not. All right, let's now move on to our second brief of the morning. And I am happy to say it's modestly good news. As listeners know from Monday's episode, we were set to get the latest economic data on America's inflation rate this week. Well, the numbers are in, at least yesterday's numbers, and overall, modestly good news. The Consumer Price Index climbed just a little bit, 0.1% last month. That is down from the 0.4% in February. So what that means is that, generally speaking, prices are starting to flatten out, which is good. In fact, some prices are actually starting to fall. The cost of meat, vegetables, and eggs all fell last month. Gas did too. But not all prices and not in all places. The cost of clothing, airline tickets, and rent were all up. And that is what the Federal Reserve is going to be looking at too. So to refresh our memories, the Federal Reserve are the folks who set America's interest rates, and they have been jacking those up to slow the economy down and tame inflation. The question remains, though, what will the Fed do with these latest data? Well, let's see what today and tomorrow bring us, because we've got more inflation numbers out today for producers, plus more data on retail sales come Friday. But for now, the general consensus is that the Fed will bump up rates one more time by a quarter point, and then 
they'll pause, maybe. And you might want to consider that if you are looking to finance a car, by the way. And that's because used car prices were down in this latest economic news. But the cost of a new car, that went up with forecasts of more increases for new cars to come. And with that, let's take our first break of the morning. Now, most of you likely won't hear any ads over the next couple of minutes. So stretch those legs, sip on that cup of coffee or juice, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning, changing our focus from domestic to international affairs. We got some news about the war in Ukraine yesterday, and it says, folks, that we should not expect to see peace anytime soon. In fact, we're likely to see a stalemate that then leads Russia to escalate, possibly drawing China into the fight. So that is what we are learning this morning from one of those leaked intelligence documents that the U.S. government has confirmed to be both accurate and, unfortunately, floating around the Internet for the past couple of months. And in fact, this morning, we've got breaking news on who the leaker probably is. More on that in a second. Meanwhile, let's talk about what the latest document says. A top secret assessment from the Defense Intelligence Agency reveals that the U.S. Pentagon does not see any prospect of peace talks for at least the rest of this year. In fact, the document suggests that even if Ukraine recaptures significant amounts of territory and inflicts unsustainable losses on Russian forces, there still won't be any peace talks. Right? The fight, ladies and gentlemen, will drag on. And if a stalemate does happen, which is the most likely predicted outcome, the analysts anticipate that Ukraine will then step up sabotage operations inside Russia to try to change the tide of war. But the fear, according to the Pentagon, is that such sabotage operations will probably encourage Russian President Vladimir Putin to himself escalate with more dangerous weapons. And these sabotage operations, well, they could also give China reason to get officially involved especially with providing Moscow war material like artillery shells and advanced drones. So folks, to summarize what the Pentagon believes, the most likely path forward in Ukraine, as of this moment anyway, is a stalemate, with sabotage operations increasingly occurring inside Russia, which in turn leads to a greater risk of escalation. And based on my report yesterday, that means greater risk, folks, that we are going to see body bags returning home to the United States, all because we have American boots on the ground inside Ukraine. One final thing on this very sobering report. We're getting breaking news this morning that investigators know who the leaker is of these Pentagon documents. According to the Washington Post, the person is an enlisted member of the U.S. military. It's a, a young man, age 20 or so, who first shared the documents on the social media platform Discord. That's popular with young gamers, mostly. By the way, this service member who went by the acronym OG started sharing these documents last year. His motivations for doing so are a little bit unclear, but apparently it's likely that he wanted to show off just to impress his online friends. Now they say he's hiding somewhere, possibly planning to flee the country. With that, let me now pivot away from facts and data to my opinion and analysis. First, I think that we should be a little bit cautious about this particular assessment because I don't have what's called the confidence level of this report. So to explain what that means in spy language, all right, when an intelligence analyst provides an assessment, 
they give it either low, medium, or a high degree of confidence. And that level of confidence tells us, well, how serious to take the assessment. And so far, I haven't seen the confidence level on this Intel report. But still, it matches my personal view of the war and, frankly, that of people that I know and trust inside the intelligence community. Despite our $113 billion commitment and draining down our own supplies of key weapon systems, victory in Ukraine for us is a long ways off. And the longer that the war goes on, folks, the greater the risk that this spirals into a global war, into World War III with Russia and China. All it takes, folks, is one incident, one accident, one misfire. So that's where we're at. It's a a stalemate, a war that is going to linger with, unfortunately, no chance of peace for the rest of the year. Let's now talk about our final brief of the morning, my friends. And it's an update on the space race between the United States and China. On Tuesday's show, I told you how the U.S. and China were on a race to the moon. China had planned to get there by the year 2030, while NASA plans to get there by 2025. And that time difference matters because both countries are eyeing the same spots for landing zones and moon bases and mining locations. And that's especially true at the southern pole of the moon, where most of the vital water ice is believed to be captured. Well, I've got an update for you, and uh, unfortunately, it's not great news for the United States. More than 100 Chinese researchers and government space officials gathered in the city of Wuhan this week. Where have I heard of that town before? According to local press, they announced a plan to get a robot on the moon by the year 2028. That is two years earlier than expected. So the robot is likely to start mining for critical minerals and then start to manufacture moon bricks. Right, and those bricks will be the building blocks, quite literally, for infrastructure of all kinds, but most especially habitat modules for their astronauts, which they call Tychonaut. They're also developing something called a Tychobot. That looks a little bit like C-3PO from the Star Wars movies. It's designed to be sort of a, a sidekick for their Tychonauts. Right? It's going to bring the Tychonauts uh, some tools or lend a hand as requested. There is some rumor, though, that it could be deployed alongside the the mining robot, too, to speed the construction up of the moon station. I'm not sure if that is true, but that is the rumor, according to the South China Morning Post. So, folks, the race is on. Let's see if NASA can still get to the moon by 2025 and beat the Chinese by a couple years. Let's hope so, because there's a lot riding on it. Namely, who owns the best real estate for the springboard operations that'll take our astronauts onward to Mars. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I have one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, which will be ad-free for now. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. Marcy in Albuquerque, New Mexico, wrote in with an observation. Quote, Brian, I have noticed that you shy away from social issues on the right report. I think you did that on your last podcast, too. Can I ask you why? Well, Marcy, yes, you can. And here's the answer. Have you ever heard the expression, stay in your lane? (laughs) Well, basically, it means stick with what you're good at and don't try to be something that you're not. Well, as a former CIA officer, I'm pretty good at a couple things. First, recruiting spies and stealing secrets. And I don't say that with a a sense of hubris. 
right? I was trained by some of the finest men and women in the world at that job. And they turned me into a, a machine that was very good at recruiting spies and stealing secrets. And because of that, I, I'm pretty good at understanding the world, at finding hidden nuggets of intelligence or news and patterns that people need to know, and then providing some amount of my own informed analysis. Back at the agency, we would call that latter part a, a station comment or a handler comment, which is, uh, well, ultimately provided to, say, a president or a policymaker, but they can take that or leave it. And that's what I offer you all, right? That's my opinion and analysis. But when it comes to social issues, look, I, I do have my opinions, true enough, but I'm not sure how appropriate it is for me to speak about it because I suspect that you all have some diverse views on these things. And I, I don't want to either interfere or offend as I share some pretty critical news from America and around the world that others just don't. I, I kind of want to just stay in my lane. <laughs> Plus, Marcy, you probably listen to other folks on podcasts or Twitter or nightly opinion shows as they, well, in some cases, just kind of babble on about their views of social issues. But I'll tell you, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am watching events happen in this country that cause me great concern, events around social issues. And I know that they are affecting the nation's security. I mean, I can tell you stories of what is happening inside the CIA that would you know, just leave your head exploding. All right, there are intelligence officers right now that are inside the CIA that are not there to defend the country, but to re-engineer that place to focus on things like race and religion or sexual orientation. And that's scary. And I'll tell you that because when I worked there, we didn't care if you were black or white or Christian or Muslim or gay or bi or straight. All of that was irrelevant, right? I worked with everybody and I celebrated everybody. And that's because we were there to make America the strongest, most informed nation on the planet. We left our politics at the front door. But I'll tell you, that's not the CIA anymore, right? It's, it is an increasingly political animal, and that is dangerous for America. So maybe, maybe I'll share more of those stories and opinions down the road, perhaps in an afternoon or weekend podcast to really separate the news from my opinion. But until then, you're going to get what I love to do, and that's the right report. It's a news podcast focused on facts and data and reasonable analysis that flows from those two things. Analysis based on my experiences abroad. And you know what I'm going to tell you? I'm pretty excited about this show and what we've done so far. And I really hope that you're enjoying it too. So as ever, send me an email if you're not. Or if you think that I should be doing, say, a Saturday show with more opinion on social issues. That, well, if I do it, it's still going to have a pretty strong tether to facts and data and logic. So no matter what you think, go to briandeanwright.com, click on that contact button, and away you go with your feedback. I look forward to it. I promise you, as always. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, let me leave you with the words that inspire me and this podcast. They're the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. 
and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.